everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. When God wanted to warn a people, He sent a prophet. When He wanted to warn a nation, He sent a prophet. When He wanted to bring vision to a people perishing, He sent a prophet. It is no different then than it is today. Question is, how? With us today is one such prophetic voice, heralded in the halls of Congress, the United Nations, and millions worldwide for his runaway bestsellers, The Harbinger, The Mystery of the Shemitah, The Book of Mysteries, and now in his latest explosive blockbuster read, The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. My next guest brings it home, and in a way that gives even further clarity to the times, places, people in which we live, and why living in such a time as this is as revelatory now as it was then. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome back to Testimony, a high honor indeed, founder of Hope of the World Ministry, leader of Jerusalem Center, Beth Israel, international best-selling author, sought-after speaker, and my good friend, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Rabbi Kahn, welcome back to Testimony. Great to be with you, Jensen. Always an honor and always a joy. Well, it certainly is an honor to have you here, sir. We have a lot to cover in part one of our three-part conversation today. So without further ado, let's get right to it. First of all, what is a paradigm? How did you come to write the paradigm? And what is its significance when compared with your already expansive and prophetic reads, The Harbinger, The Mystery of the Shemitah, and The Book of Mysteries. Can you explain? Yeah, yeah. A paradigm, and people use the word a lot, but they don't always know what it means, but paradigm is basically a template or a pattern or, or an archetype, a, a symbol, a model. And God uses this throughout the Bible, especially prophetically, about foreshadows, things that are yet to come. And the paradigm, the book, the paradigm, is this, I would put it this way, what if they discovered a, an ancient blueprint, a master blueprint that, that lay behind everything that's happening now in our age, what has happened, what is happening, what is yet to happen, um, that is so specific, it not only gives the events that have happened in our time, but also also the time, the, the, the when the events are to take place, or when they have taken place, when they will take place. In some cases, the year, in some cases, it pinpoints the month, the week, the, the day, and even in a few cases, the hour of some of the, the most uh, critical events of our generation. And this paradigm goes back, or this blueprint goes back to the Bible about almost 3,000 years ago, from God that is very clear and it actually what if this blueprint gives the reveals the people of our times the people on the world stage and on the national stage and actually tells them how long they will have on that national stage and if the what if behind these leaders 
there is an ancient leader. If behind each of our modern leaders in the paradigm, there is an ancient leader that the modern leader is actually following without knowing it. And would it ha- does it have a warning in this thing? What, what if this could actually foretell uh, the presidential elections before they happen? And what if we could open it up? Would we find a warning? Would we find the keys of it? Well, the, the blueprint or the, or the master blueprint is the paradigm. And I would say this, it's going to sound kind of outlandish, but if we had known it, Jensen, years ago, if I had known it, because I didn't know it before a year ago, this is when it came to me, um, if, if we had known it, we could have written down, put on our calendars, we could have some of the most critical events of our generation years before they happened, and we could have pinpointed it down to the day. That's how precise this is. But Rabbi Khan, would that have changed history as we know it today? Your thoughts? I believe it would change. It could change our response to history. Uh, you know, there's some things that the Bible foretells, just like in the end times, and then there's space. You know, there, there, there's a, there's room for us to respond. And I believe it's very crucial that we know the times that we're in. You know, the Bible says that the the sons of Issachar knew the times. Well, we need to know the times we're in in order to respond to those times, in order to rise up and know our calling in the times, and also to know that God is in control. You know, it looks like everything's out of control. God is absolutely in control. That's what the paradigm, one of the things the paradigm's saying, and also it, it's, it reveals where God is on these things. That, you know, what's the, you know, things are happening in our lifetime. What do we make of it? Well, this is giving us a very clear template of telling us what we are to make of it and then how to respond to it. Okay, in your book, which is very specific and stunning, you mentioned paradigms that we're going to get into in these three segments that I'm going to let you take the lead on. But for those who may not know any of the paradigms, you talk about a disclaimer at the beginning of your book. Can you elaborate? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, we're going to get specific, Jensen, and you know, and the point isn't about people. I'm going to mention people, but that's not the point. Um, we have, as believers, we have we are to make enemies of no one. We are to pray for all, pray for the leaders, pray for. We're to oppose what is evil, but we are to pray for and love those who commit evil. So there's no room for making enemies of things. But we do need to know the time. So it's not about the people. The people don't know what they're. The leaders don't realize what they're doing. You know, they're following this. They're following this ancient mystery, kind of like. With a harbinger, things happen and are happening, unfolding in our time. It's like we're all playing out this thing, but they don't know what they're doing. So it's not about the people, it's about where we are, the signs, and what we need to do. Amen and amen. Now, for those who may not believe in prophecy or that prophets exist today, I would say that your book and your works spell this out clearly to that one atheist, believer or not, you help them up the ladder of belief. So let's start with yeah. Paradigm One. Yeah. Well, yeah, and to say, and it's good that you said that, because people are giving the paradigm to unsaved people, because you can, I mean, as well as saved, because you can be an atheist, but it's very hard to argue when, when God is being this precise. Well, here's the, the setting, the big picture. The big picture is Israel, and this is where it begins. Israel, a nation that had known God, falling away from God, turning away from God, driving him out of its public square, um, calling evil good and calling good evil, um, lifting up their children, offering their children um, to the god Baal, or Baal, which is all about child sacrifice. And they're, they're seeking prosperity, but they're killing their children. And from that, they descend into sexual immorality, and they're promoting immorality. And so, so we, we have this whole thing, and, and we, ha- we have this general falling away, and these are the signs of it. Well, America also has been a nation that has known God, founded on the Word of God, but, 
but it's following the pattern of ancient Israel that it's been falling away from God, driving him out of the public square, calling evil good and good evil, um, offering up its children. You know, people say, well, how can you say that? Well, listen, you know, they offered up thousands on the altars of Baal, but we have offered up millions of our children on the altar of unborn children, millions of them on the altars of self. You know, and so we, we've done that, we've outdone them. And so we are still following the spirit of Baal or Baal worship, which is when you turn away from God, that's where you end up. And, and so with a falling away from God in America, you have this, you have the same thing. You had a sexual revolution and we, sexual immorality, exactly as they did back then. So we're replaying this. But it's going to get incredibly specific because what happens is there's a specific period in this fall of Israel where the fall accelerates it deepens you get people who rise to the throne who are actually endorsing the fall there and, and anti-biblical morality triumphs becomes the prevailing morality over God over biblical morality and so you, you have this thing and with Israel it becomes a culture war. It becomes a fight in the culture. And the, the king that rises up is named Ahav, or we know him as Ahab. Now, Ahab is a divided man. He, he, he knows of God, but he goes against God. He, he, um, you know, he's, he's compromised. He wavers back and forth. He, he's the first king in Israel's history to endorse child sacrifice in Baal worship and sexual immorality, Baal worship. And so he, he becomes the first king to do all these things, becomes a persecution uh, for believers. So here's the thing. Could this have replayed in our day in America? Well, the amazing thing is it has. And, and here's what happened. About a quarter century ago, America's fall started, has started accelerating. It's been accelerating ever since. And we had a thing called the culture war, just as with ancient Israel. This is a, oh, literally a culture war. And it focuses on a man who rises to power. Again, it's not about the man. Rises to power, but his name is Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton is going to follow the, the pattern, the paradigm of Ahab. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he's going to follow it, I mean, to the T. Uh, as Ahab was brought up without, you know, knowing God, he knew God, but then he turned against it. Well, Bill Clinton grew up in the Bible Belt, knew about God, but, but endorsed policies that went against God. Um, he becomes the first president, as Ahab was the first king to endorse child sacrifice. Bill Clinton is the first president to endorse abortion, which is the, uh, obviously the killing of children. He endorses sexual immorality. Um, all these things. And there's a chapter in the book called The Days of the King. And in it, what it, what it reveals is that, that how long, well, first of all, was Bill Clinton on the national stage? Well, he came to the national stage when he was elected governor of Arkansas. And that was 1979. His time on the stage ended in uh, January 2001. That comes out to 22 years, 22 years of Bill Clinton. Well, when you go to the Bible, to his ancient prototype, Ahab, in 1 Kings, it says Ahab reigned in Samaria for a period of 22 years. Same exact thing. And now, now he wasn't, this is how precise it is, but now Ahab wasn't alone. He, he had a partner, and the partner was, of course, Jezebel. Jezebel comes from another land, from Phoenicia. It's a, it's a liberal, cosmopolitan culture. She grows up with that. She's the daughter of the priest of Astarte. She grows up worshiping feminine power. She marries Ahab, moves to Israel, but she never adopts to, the, you know, she sees that culture is conservative. It's, a, it's an obstacle. She wants Baal worship. So she, she becomes an activist for Baal. She endorses child sacrifice. She incites her husband. She, she does all these things, starts a, a real culture war. So what do we have for this now? Well, we, it's very clear. The 
it is Hillary Clinton, she will follow the paradigm of Jezebel. It's not about her, and she doesn't know what she's doing, but she will follow it. She comes from a, a cosmopolitan culture, grows up in Chicago, liberal values. She venerates female power. She moves to the, to the Bible Belt to marry uh, Bill Clinton, but she never adopts those values. She sees conservative values as something to oppose, to, to fight against. She makes a statement. She says deep-seated religious beliefs have to be changed so that abortion can expand. I mean, there's, I couldn't, can't think of a more Jezebelian statement than that. And so she will become, as, as Jezebel was the chief advocate of bail, which is child sacrifice, Hillary Clinton will become the chief advocate of abortion in America. She's, gonna, she's named the, by Planned Parenthood the abortion champion of the century. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, founder of Hope of the World Ministries, senior pastor of the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel in Wayne, New Jersey, New York Times bestselling author of The Harbinger, The Mystery of the Shemitah, and The Book of Mysteries, and now with his latest installment, bringing it all together, The Paradigm, this revelatory read whose paradigm is too stunning to ignore. You can learn more about Jonathan Kahn's work, ministry, and mission by visiting hopeoftheworld.org and get his book, The Paradigm. You will be blessed you did. Rabbi Khan, it has been an absolute inspiration having you share the revelations and download God Almighty, Yeshua, our Savior, has entrusted to you for all of us and for such a time as this. We look forward to hearing much, much more on the paradigm next week. God bless you. Thank you, Jensen. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.